0: Hello and welcome to the Exam Study Expert podcast. Now, do you like to write notes? Do you make notes, summary notes, when you're studying? Now, it's an incredibly popular study strategy. I see students at high school, college, university, just about anywhere else you need to study for exams, often putting note-making right at the heart of their study strategy. The problem is that note-making or writing summaries of any kind is in and itself not a great way to get information into memory. So in this episode, I offer you an upgrade, a simple change to supercharge your limp, ineffective, old standard note-making technique and turning it into a roaring dragon of a powerful and effective study strategy. Stay tuned to find out how. You're listening to the fourth part in an eight-part audio course on how to study effectively, being broadcast absolutely free for you right here on the Exam Study Expert podcast. I hope you've been enjoying the series so far. Look out for the acronym hth 2 se how to study effectively, in the episode titles in uh, previous weeks and in forthcoming weeks uh, to uh, see the episodes in the rest of this series. They're being broadcast on alternate weeks uh, at the moment. Now, as with previous installments in this uh, series on how to study effectively, if you have not already listened to the first part in the series, which was the six pillars uh, of student success, I would recommend going back and having a listen to that episode now, simply because it covers all the foundational principles, uh, the things you really need to understand first in order to understand the rest of this series. So, if you haven't already heard that episode, go back, hit pause on it. It's been very popular lots of people have listened to it already. If you haven't, uh, do head back to episode 66, uh, the six pillars for student success. Have a listen to that and I will see you back here for the rest of this episode once you've got that uh, introduction under your belt. Fantastic. So to today's hack for transforming your note-making strategy. Look, we all love to make notes I get it. It helps us feel like we're distilling down the information, organising it, making sense of it. Uh, It can really help you feel like you're making progress in understanding, working through, you know, getting your head around the information. You probably feel pretty good, pretty productive while you're making the notes. Uh, You might feel good to have a stack of notes uh, being produced, you know, looking at your growing pile of uh, notes on a particular topic. The issue is when you're Doing the when you're writing the notes, unless you're doing anything, nothing, and, and if you're doing nothing else other than writing the notes, you're not actually making that much progress on actually learning the information, getting it into memory. Um, if I was being a touch unkind, I might say that making notes c- can often be a little bit of a feel-good learning strategy. In other words, it kind of feels good, uh, but it doesn't actually help you much in the long run. Like, sure, some of the information might stick at least for a short time. The trouble is, I've heard students time and time again look back on notes that they wrote up several weeks ago and effectively say, like, they may as well have been written by someone else for all that they recognize the information in them. And that's a problem if you need to remember the information you're writing in your notes for any kinds of test or exams. So, what should you do if you'd like to study with notes? Do you need to completely scrap your whole study strategy? No. I've got some good news. <laughs> you don't need to throw the whole thing out of the window uh, in favour of something totally new. There is in fact a pretty small tweak to your note making technique that will transform your note strategy into something that's a really seriously effective technique for efficient studying that will get information into your memory and help it stay there. I call it the Q&A ultranotes strategy. Here's how you make Q&A Ultra Notes. Two really simple steps. Step one. Divide the page into two columns. So rather than writing notes across the full width of the page, split it into a left-hand column and a right-hand column. You might want to make the right-hand column a little fatter, the left-hand column a little thinner, but it doesn't really matter. Step number two. Rather than writing standard notes, uh, for everything you want to jot down, you need to break it into a question and an answer pair. Put your questions in the left-hand column and your answers in the right-hand column. That's all there is to it. Questions and answers. That's why I call them Q&A ultranotes. Q&A ultranotes work in two ways. Okay, so the first thing that they do for you is they really force you to engage with the material in more depth. Uh, Cognitive psychologist and uh, education guru Daniel Willingham tells us that memory is the residue of thought. And by splitting your notes up like this into these question-answer pairs, forces you to really think about what you're writing down and helps you start that process of etching uh, what it is you need to remember into your memory in a way that will stick. Uh, Much more so than if you're, you know, what happens if you're just making standard notes? Sometimes you find yourself just sort of blindly copying out words and phrases uh, or perhaps just paraphrasing them slightly, um, you know, not really thinking about it in too much depth, particularly later on in the day when you get a bit tired. You know, Q&A notes solve all of that because it really forces you to think about what you're writing down in order to come up with a sensible question and answer pair uh, to, to, to note down whatever that little nugget of information is. That's the first benefit of Q&A ultra notes. But the real big benefit, the second benefit is the fact that you've now got a ready-made study resource with which you can do retrieval practice. Remember uh, from episode uh, 66, retrieval practice is that incredibly powerful principle that says that when we test ourselves on what we know, when we pull information out of memory, our memory grows far stronger, far faster than simply pushing information into memory by reading it or writing it out again. So to do retrieval practice with your Q&A ultra notes, all you do is cover up that answers column, look down the questions in your left-hand column, and try and remember the answers to each question in turn. Then uncover each answer after you've tried to answer it uh, and see whether you got it right or wrong. Learn from your mistakes, rinse and repeat. So done well, the Q&A technique actually ends up being extremely similar to flashcards, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago in episode 70 you've got pairs of question and answers in both Q&A ultranotes and flashcards. And in both techniques, you're studying by looking at the question and trying to remember what the answer is. So really, the only difference between Q&A ultranotes and flashcards is the size of the paper you're using. Uh, flashcards uses small sizes of paper that has questions and answers on opposite sides, question on the front and answer on the back. Uh, Q&A ultranotes Will probably use a larger size of paper, uh, and you're separating the question answers uh, by left hand and right hand columns. They're very, very similar. The the real reason I teach them as separate strategies is because if you are someone who likes to make notes, I promise you it will feel like a much smaller shift to upgrade to QA Ultra Notes than if I told you, okay, what you need to do is go away and move to a whole other technique like flashcards. That's the psychology of behaviour change in action. So I know, both from the scientific literature and also from long experience as a study strategy coach, that the smaller the change I suggest to you, the more likely it is that you'll actually be able to go ahead and make that change. So, if you're someone who likes to make notes, rather than saying to you, "Oh, you need to go away and scrap it all and make flashcards," is a much easier shift uh, I've found to say, "Okay, move to Q and A Divide your page in two. Put questions answers in the left hand and right hand columns. Much more likely to stick. If you are someone who's already uh, making a lot of notes, and getting change to stick is really really important to me. That's that's why I do what I do. I want to make life easier and more successful for you in your studies. So." Again, if you're big on note making, I would heartily encourage you to start drawing those vertical lines down your pages and doing your notes as question and answer pairs. Now, just before I leave you today, there are some top tips for doing Q&A ultra notes well, and they're actually pretty similar to my list from uh, doing flashcards well back in episode 70. That was a pretty detailed uh, list of do's and don'ts that I covered for flashcards. So I'm not going to recap every detail. Might be worth going back having a listen to the uh, the full episode there if you're interested in either the flashcards or the Q&A ultranotes strategy. Um, but what I will do uh, to, to, to kind of round this off um, is just take a moment to summarise a top five set of tips uh, to help you really get in tip-top shape with the Q&A ultranotes technique. So here's my top five. Uh, if you don't uh, if you don't manage to get to the full uh, set of do's and don'ts from the flashcards episode, then here's a the top set top five set of tips that should really help you uh, kickstart your Q and A ultra notes strategy uh, and use it use it well. In at number five, less is more. <laughs> don't write in paragraphs or even full sentences when you're doing Q and A ultra notes. Just jot down the key points that you need. In at number four split it up so err on the side of breaking up information into separate questions wherever you can rather than having you know really one large a smaller number of very large questions each of which that covers large amounts of material the smaller the answer you've got to remember the better the best answers are just single words, single numbers. Uh, sometimes that's not always possible. I get that, but the more you can uh, put small, lo- lots and lots of small, small questions, uh, the the better you'll be. Tip number three: in, in, in tip number three, use paper when you're doing your retrieval practice later. So don't do all of your remembering in your head. Remember when you're covering up the answer column and trying to remember what's the answer to the questions. Don't do it all in your head, particularly if you uh, have ended up with a few questions that are just a little bit longer than a single word or number. An example of that would be if you've got a list of, say, seven factors that you need to know in response to a particular issue or a process consisting of five, six, seven, eight, nine, or more steps. So, in cases like this, it doesn't make sense to split those up over different questions. You've just got to have one question. Okay, what are the seven factors uh, associated with X concept? But when you're testing yourself on those questions, I'd strongly encourage you to write down your answers as you're remembering them, rather than trying to juggle long lists of like seven things all in your head. Tip number two, almost bringing us home, is to make them fast and invest more time in training with them so don 't make your notes overly neat, beautiful; they are a functional document. Make them quickly, make them efficiently, and save yourself plenty of time to get into the real work of training with them That bit where you are covering up the right hand side and seeing what you can remember of the questions and Finally, tip number one: space out your retrieval practice as any time we 're doing uh, any kind of retrieval practice. You don't want to just be doing it all on the same day. You need to spread it out and come back and do retrieval practice, test yourself uh, on different occasions, separated by time intervals. So what I tend to do, for example, is save five to 10 minutes at the end of each study session to test myself on any Q&A I might have just made, just written in that session, uh, test myself a second time, maybe later that evening, uh, and then perhaps again the next morning or later on in the week. Uh, remember, the harder the material is to commit to memory, the tougher you're finding the material, the more often you'll need to retest yourself uh, before the uh, information really starts to stick in memory. If it's if you're finding it a lot easier, if it's all relatively comfortable stuff, you can probably afford to leave longer time gaps between those retests. It's the Goldilocks principle that we talked about uh, back in episode 66. So there we have it, folks. Q&A ultranotes, a simple but powerful way to supercharge your note-making strategy. Give them a go. And please do join us again in two weeks' time for part five of this eight-part series on how to study effectively, H2SE, uh, as I'm putting in the show titles, when I'll be telling you everything you could want to know about using past papers as a highly effective study strategy. It's going to be an important episode. Past papers should be a part of everyone's uh, study system. Uh, So I really look forward to seeing you then. I've got a few insights to share, which I think you'll find interesting, even if you think you know all there is to know about studying with past papers. So please do join me again then. Uh, In the meantime, thanks again for listening today. It's been such a pleasure to have your company as always. Do study smart, have fun, and I wish you every success. Just before you go, did you know you can hire William as your very own coach and mentor to show you the stress-free way to ace your exams by studying smarter, not harder? Find out how at examstudyexpert.com slash coaching.